we're kind of taught or society makes us think that as women, you can't be liked and you can't be successful. They don't go together. It's a lot, isn't it? Welcome to another week of It's A Lot with Abby Chatfield. Um, This week on the podcast, I have the gorgeous Steph Claire Smith slash Steph Miller, whatever you want to call her, I guess, Um, and Laura Henshaw, the founders and owners of Keep It Cleaner uh, and just all around influencer superstars. Um, I love them both. They've both been really, really lovely to me since I was on The Bachelor and they are literally just like rays of sunshine. I think they're great and um, I think they're really good at what they do and I just adore them. Um, so as usual, I'm going to give you guys a little recommendation um, for another podcast you might like. And this week it is Rosie Waterland's Just The Gist. So Rosie Waterland, for those of you who don't know, kind of got her big break, I guess, not a big break, but she became quite well known for doing her Bachelor recaps. Um, And then she started doing um, a podcast this year where she recapped The Bachelor called Just The Gist. And she basically explained to her best friend, Jacob, who has the most dreamy, velvety voice in the world, the best voice for podcasting I've ever heard, um, about what happened in episodes. And now it's kind of continued on from that and she will tell him about things like the Jean Bonnet Ramsey case or um God, what's another one that she did that was really good? There are just so many that I'm obsessed with. Let me think, let me think. Oh my god, I put myself on the spot here. Oh God. What have I done? Oh Rosie this isn't a very good ad, is it? Oh God. Oh, so Alfred Nasiri, which is the guy that it was based off. Um, you know that movie, The Terminal, um, where um, I think Tom Hanks, or a miscellaneous actor, um, lives in a airport? That's based off a true story. Uh, the Spanish Flu, Titanic, um, Matt Agnew was on it doing astrophysicists and sh- things. So I love Rosie. I think she's amazing as a person. Um Hopefully, I'll get her on this podcast one day. Uh, but her podcast is so interesting. So listen to that. And um, without any further ado, um, here is my chat with Steph Smith and Laura Hatchell. Today on the podcast, I have gorgeous Steph Miller, Steph Claire Smith. Which one do you prefer being called? <laughs> I, I call you both in my head. Oh, and uh, Laura Henshaw, founders and owners of Keep It Cleaner and also just all around beautiful angel girls. I'm so glad to have you guys on the podcast today. I have admired you both for a very long time and I'm so lucky to be able to speak to you both. I think you're just such powerhouses and you're strong young women who are just doing good. And I'm just so proud of you both. And I just adore you. So welcome. Thank you. That was very, very nice. <laughs> I would like you to intro us at every event or anything ever. Thank you. <laughs> every morning have a recording of me being like, and this is Steph Miller, the yeah. most amazing person. Is your alarm clock? You're like ready to go for the day. Well, that would certainly um, make me feel pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a little confidence boost. Um, so, you know, time's pretty strange right now and you guys are doing your little keep it cleaner workouts. Are they every day on live? 
So our live schedule, our virtual gym, um, we've got workouts every Wednesday and Friday and also Mondays rotate between meditation, Pilates and yoga at the moment. Amazing iconic <laughs> scenes. So things have changed for you guys obviously due to uh, the COVID situation, Miss Rona. So I need to ask you, what's been a lot? <laughs> well, I'm, it's funny you mentioned the uh, lives because I feel like um, for me and I'm sure Laura is the same, it's been a lot but it's brought a lot of joy. So whilst we have, um, I suppose like any business is trying to do at the moment, pivot to obviously give more to those who are stuck at home and for us that is motivating them to move their body um, in ways that they can at home. Um, the lives have been a lot of fun for me because whilst there are some mornings that I wake up and my alarm goes off a little earlier than it usually is in ISO, I've been sleeping in a little bit more. By sleeping in, I mean seven o'clock. But obviously for the lives, we have to get up before seven because they all start at seven. And there's some mornings where I wake up and I want to snooze that alarm. But honestly, as soon as I click live and I see those numbers grow and I know that I am working out with the community and the outside community and just getting other people motivated to move their bodies, suddenly all this motivation comes on. And yeah, it just brings a lot of a lot of joy to my day. Yeah, I love a positive a lot. Sometimes I like the drama ones, but I think right now we need to hear um, what's been a lot positively lately. That's quite nice. Laura, how about you? I have to say, first of all, I'm sorry. I was just a mute that whole time. My headphones cut out, but it's okay. So when you were doing the beautiful intro, Abby, that's why I was just like staring like I can't hear you. But my audio thing, I was like, wow, Laura, Steph really liked this. Do any of my offended Laura? I don't know what's happened here. What have I done? I that. I was literally like, I can't hear you. Um, <laughs> oh, we got to love these we're Zoom still going. Too. We're still going with the oh. recording. Uh, my voice is back. Okay, so what's it mean a lot? I think what's mean a lot. Mine's actually, Steph's is a bit positive. Mine's not as positive. Mine is, I think it's been a bit too much, I suppose, a lot. Um, of judgment on social media Mm -hmm. to people who um, are reacting to this situation in different ways. And I just feel like we need to be Mm. a little bit kinder to each other and realise that no one has ever gone through this before. So no one actually knows the right thing to do and we're all different. And for some people it might be being really productive. For others it might be not, but that's okay. And whatever you choose to do is okay. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. Well, you did a great post about... um, being a bit easier on yourself for if you gain weight or miss a workout. And that was so good. And I think you doing that post kind of was like a – because before that there were so many memes about, memes about like, oh, if you want to lose – if you want to not gain weight in isolation, walk around in your bikini instead, all those ones. And I'm like, oh, well, God. If, if, if I'm going to – if I'm oh, – oh, wear, wear your swimsuit instead of your pyjamas so you like essentially guilt yourself into um, – not gaining weight and it's like how will those negative feelings of guilt help anyone right now mm. like if you're gonna if you if you're really struggling mentally to work out or to cook meals and you're just like I just need a day of like missing my missing exercise or a week of missing exercise all the whole time and I'm just gonna eat what will make me feel a little bit better then that's okay mm. and mm-hmm. like we need to just take care of ourselves mentally first and I just love that post Laura. Oh thank you that's so nice I haven't seen anything I mean that bikini thing that is just are we going into a bikini competition when isolation is over I don't think so no. that is <laughs> it's just 
ridiculous. I feel like no. it's so, it's feel like it's so backwards. I feel like there was a supermodel who once said something about that, like that you know if you if you were in your bikini or you walked around naked, you wouldn't you wouldn't eat cake naked. And I just think it's such a horrible message. So it surprises so me horrendous. that there's still things like that you know out there. I know. Yeah, it's it's been really prevalent in my in my podcast group. There have been a few. Um, people that have posted different memes that have been going around that all kind of have that same sentiment and it's just making everyone feel guilty and why like like imagine sitting in front of the mirror how sad is that image because young girls will will read that and actually do it because mm. when, mm. when you're younger you do weird things like that because oh, you're yeah. like i need to trade myself into into just being as skinny as possible and being as mm. hot as possible but like older you know women our age are kind of more like that's ridiculous, outraged by it. But younger girls will probably see that and be like, oh, that's a good idea. I'm just going to sit in my undies the whole time and look how much I hate myself. Um, so, yeah, totally agree, Laura. There's been a lot of shaming around as well, like learn a new language with this time. And it's like, yeah, hey, yeah. not everyone has a, has more time. I have less time. And be like, like, why, why, why do we need to, hmm. why do we need to learn a new language? Like we're not wasting time if we're just like surviving through this because it's going to be over and it'll be back to normal and we probably can't travel anyway. So what's the point of, le- <laughs> <laughs> it's tragic. <laughs> All right. So I usually do two or three questions like, uh, Q&As, but, you know, I wanted to talk to you guys about so many different things in the discussion. So I've just got a single listener question, a little advice question. And I've actually seen this type of question a few times in the podcast group and in my emails for the podcast and in my emails for Ask Abby. So there's like this theme that's going on that is, it's it's crazy that it comes up so many times. So I've just chosen a random one, but all the people out there that have messaged me about this, like this will Mm. incorporate the answers as well. And it's crazy how many there are. All right. Hey, Abby. Hey. Um, I recently casually hooked up slash had sex. Isn't that the same thing? I don't really know. (laughs) With a random guy. What? With a random guy that I knew nothing about. He was really nice. We got lunch, went to a hotel that he booked and um, slept together. It wasn't until two weeks after I hooked up with him and I stalked his socials, I found out that he's been engaged for five months and has been with his significant other for almost seven years. I also don't know anything else about their relationship. Like they could be in an open relationship. I don't really know. I also found out he's been lying to me about other things like his age. He told me he's 26, but he's actually 34. Weird. Um, Obviously, as soon as I found out that he has a significant other, I immediately stopped talking to him. I guess my question is, could you discuss how you would go about the situation, whether you would confront the guy um, who you know has been lying about the cheating and would you tell his partner? in this situation. I can't, I can't also help but feel a little guilty and stupid that I didn't ask him if he was single. I feel bad for assuming. Uh, okay. First of all, she should not feel guilty for, for not asking. I think if anyone's asking to go on a date with you or has said yes to going on a date with you, that's up to them of whether or not this, you know, I don't, I just think that that's just, that's, that's them doing the wrong. Definitely not her. Um, Mm -hmm. I can understand where she's coming from, but yeah, certainly I I hope she's not feeling too guilty about it because he's the one that is in the the wrong here. Um, Mm -hmm. I think one thing that stood out for me was that they, that they went to a motel or a hotel. I feel like that should be a bit of a sign to someone that maybe something's not going right if he doesn't take you back to his place or 
goes, you know, do you know what I mean? Like I felt like that yeah. would have been a bit of a flag maybe. But anyway, that's not yeah. what she asked. Um, <laughs> I, no, but I agree. I, if Jenna was like, meet me at this, meet me at this a random motel off um, the highway, I'd be like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Either murdered or you're cheating. I'm going to get murdered. <laughs> um, but I suppose obviously the question is on what to do. Um, I've actually been cheated on before. My partner before, uh, my long-term partner, Josh, obviously now, um, I was with him for about two and a half years and he was cheating on me and I think I understand from being someone that has been cheated on from my point of view I think it is the right thing that the girl finds out that the that the woman that he's apparently engaged and has been in a long-term relationship I think she should know and if this this woman who's who's written in this listener if she believes that she doesn't know or that he hasn't told her then maybe it is something that she needs to do obviously we always would want and prefer him to be the honest one and him to be the one that opens up. But if I, I don't think there's anything wrong in her, actually. If it's going to help her feel like she's done something or brings a little bit of the guilt off her shoulders by telling this other person, I actually don't. Obviously, it opens up a whole can of worms for their own relationship, but he's the one that has put himself in that position. Um, I think she should stop trying, yeah, feeling too guilty about it. It's a, it's a hard one, though. Yeah. So usually I would say... I, I would just be like they're probably in an open relationship. But the reason that he's – like the fact that he's lied about his age, I'm mm, like nah. – That's it. <laughs> and also if they were in an open relationship, it's actually his responsibility to tell mm. her and be like, I mean, just so you know, I'm yeah. engaged, but we're open. So if you, like I don't want to – because that's really horrible to her. If they are in an open relationship, that's bad to the girl that he's sleeping with because what if she gets feelings? Not that she has. But, um, but yeah, I think she needs to tell him. But ha- like, Laura, how would you want to – be approached well Mm. because some girls will reply and be like you're lying and it's like (laughs) well firstly i think steph nearly nailed that steph's um about to apply for a married at first sight expert (laughs) position Uh, you'd be no. better than them. No. You'd be better than the originals. So no. I'm happy She for doesn't it. watch it. I love it. Anyway, so. Um, <laughs> you don't watch it. Do you not watch it? No. <gasps> I, don't, I literally oh. don't watch any, any of that. Steph crap. is a classy TV lady. <laughs> oh my God. Wow. She's come for me. I feel like, wow. I feel like everyone, everyone's going to hate me now. After Hang that. on, Steph. What about no, it's The fine. Bachelor? I yeah. barely, I barely watched that too. I watched obviously your season, and I watched, I've watched like, honestly, I, I, I did, I did, I watched your season. No, but I did. I'm not just saying that. I did, I did. That's how I got to know you guys. Um, but like, I have watched The Bachelor, but that's literally probably the furthest I go into those. When she backpedals, you know? when no, she's swearing, she's like, I, swear. I don't watch that. I don't watch that crap, and I'm like. Neither. Neither. <laughs> hate it. Hate it, hate it, hate oh it, hate it. Who would apply for no. those shows they're meant to unveil? I have to say, for <laughs> Steph's sake here, she watches The Bachelor, but anything that goes past that, so Thank Love you. Island, Married at First Sight, is not in Steph's watching domain, but I watch it and I feel no. good about <laughs> it, so that's fine. Anyway, my advice... <laughs> but still needed here, I would have to say I very much agree with Steph. I think it's actually okay to go to the girl and ask her because it, it, I suppose it depends what the relationship's like with this guy anyway, but if you just met him and you you can, like, go and help another woman kind of, I suppose if, if they're not in an mm. open relationship, find out that she was about to go into something that wasn't actually good for her for the rest of her life. So, Oh, particularly yeah. if they're engaged. If they're, yeah, they're about to do it. And yeah. also I just thought then if they are open and she goes and tells her, she'll be like, oh, no, we're open, it's fine. Yes. yes. So she better she better just tell her anyway and then 
and then they can go from there. But the thing is, I've had a friend of mine, she, her ex-boyfriend and her broke up and then he got with this girl and he was still like messaging my, my, my old best friend all the time, like, like being like, I'm still in love with you, blah, 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 blah. You know how they always just, they always come back, but he had a girlfriend at the time and they ended up sleeping together because he was like, yeah, we're breaking up. Like the classic, like, no, like it's not working. And then um, six months later, they went overseas and he proposed to this girl. Mm. And my friend was like, because I didn't talk, she was like, I actually don't, like she's going to marry him and he's been like messaging me while they're on their overseas trip being like, I wish it was you here. Oh. But then proposed, yeah. But also why? Yeah. Why? Why Wants the best anyway, of both worlds. Absolutely. Wants the attention and validation from both. But then she, my friend, told this girl, she was like, hey, here are all the screenshots, here is everything, like, because he recently... He recently like bought a house and she described to her the renovations of what he did. They were done after they were together. So it was like she knew exactly what the house looked like inside. She was like, there's this, there's this. There's his screenshots. Here's a photo of him and I together from this certain date. And she was like, um, you obviously are mentally deranged. I don't know how, but you've obviously photoshopped all those photos. Mm. Um, you've obviously sucked into his house and found – and it was in, it was like pure denial. And she was – and then she threatened to get a restraining order against my friend because she was like, you, you need to leave us alone. I'm going to get a restraining order because she was like, dude, your, your boyfriend's been cheating on you. Yeah. At least me, probably someone else. So people react in very strange ways. Oh, totally. How did you react? How, how did you, were you told when you were cheated on? So – By him uh, or by the girl? No, so I found out by other individuals, actually one individual that I found out from was my current husband. <laughs> oh <laughs> my um, <laughs> but um, but I, I, I then started to hear it from everyone else. It was weird how everyone just like all of a sudden decided to open up about it um, after mm-hmm. it had been happening for so long. Um, anyway, mm-hmm. but then I confronted, what I wanted to know was if the other woman knew, the guy, the girl mm-hmm. she was, he was cheating on. I was like, I want to know if, if she knew. And she did. And that kind of pissed me off <laughs> to be honest um that was kind of like for me it's like come on mate girl code like you tell me that this is going on like if you knew that he had a partner um but I don't know I think you're totally right everyone's going to react differently you know this um woman that she approaches may totally freak out and and say something like that and be like you're lying to me I mean even throughout mine and Josh's relationship because of Instagram and it being public I've even had the odd DM where it's like I hooked up with your boyfriend last night and it's like mm, I was with my boyfriend bed. last night so, <laughs> you know, like oh nice God. try, you know, yeah. so there is that, I think the initial reaction is always going to be deny. Um, that's obviously what your friend went through was, I think, above and beyond um, denying, <laughs> um, but, but it can happen. But then obviously there is the other, the other reaction, which is, you know, thankful for being open with me. You know, you're a total stranger and yet you're looking out for me. So I suppose be ready for either. So true. Oh my God. This is the, t- I want to, I kind of want her to send me a follow up email and let me know what happened if she told her. Because, like, girls, there are, I would say, 15 emails along this vein in mm. my inbox. And I'm mm. just like, how many people, and there's like some girls, some guys that have been cheating. How many people are just cheating and like, and like, but then so blatantly having relationships on Instagram as well? Like, I don't understand how they're mm. getting away with this stuff. And mm. also, my question is, why? Mm. <laughs> I literally like I don't understand if you if you want to be open or if you want to like 
it's it's either you want a monogamous relationship with this mm. person, so like do that and sacrifice whatever your other wants are, or ask to be open and sort that out. Like I don't understand why you need to like get a hotel room. Also, the money. What a waste of money. <laughs> what kind of hotel room Financially, was it? Too? Like, I'm thinking of a motel, like a bit creepy, like in a movie. Yeah, I'm imagining like, like concrete walls painted. You know how that vibe. You know, like in like at like coastal towns when you go to a motel, it's like like cinder blocks painted cream, and you're like you've not covered anything up. Yeah, she's probably like listening and being like, no, it was yeah. crown. <laughs> it was the Hilton. And actually, at the, at the W's. Thank you. She emailed back being like, hey guys, just letting you know. Um, the only thing I want to tell you is it was actually the W. So if yeah. you could just please stop shaming me. I didn't yeah. go to a random motel. That'd yeah. be great. Thank you. And I'm, I'm definitely, I'm yeah, and I definitely don't want her as well to, when I, when I said before, you know, a red flag may be that it was at a hotel or a motel, I definitely want, don't want her to feel shame on not picking up on that. I suppose that's just no, no, no. something that I'd keep in mind for future. I mean, for future reference, <laughs> um, also do the social media stalk yeah. while you're out. I oh do a social God, yeah. stalk like immediately. Like if I, if I don't know mm. them, I'm like, what's what's going on here and like who who are you although one time one time this is crazy this is so many side stories one time this is not this isn't like a cheating moment but this is just like a weird moment where I didn't stalk the person so I was after Todd and I had broken up I was in Sydney and I was having a few drinks because I was depressed (laughs) I was like just like with my best friend Christabel we were just in Sydney fucking seeing back shots going like bar hopping and I never really get like drunk drunk and I was like vomiting I was like I'm so sad let me kiss a man so then I was like I was at at this at um the unicorn have you been to the unicorn in Sydney no at the unicorn it's like this like dirty like I think it's a gay bar I don't really know they play like country music it's very strange um and I hooked up with this random this like random guy and he was like yeah I'm a doctor I was like don't care that you're a doctor but like whatever I just need to kiss I just need to kiss someone and he was Polish and I was like it was very strange anyway so that happened whatever three months later I went back to the unicorn and he was there again and he was much less hot without me being almost dead being so drunk and I was like okay weird whatever and then we up I uploaded a video of my best friend dancing and he was kind of in the background. And then I got a DM from someone being like, hey, do you know this guy in the background? And I was like, um, oh, like, no, not really. But lol, like, like kissed him like two months ago. And then I happened to see him again at this place. And she was like, he's like known around Sydney for being like, like he like sexually assaults women. And she was like, he's, he says he's a doctor, but he's not. He's, um, he's, he's like known for being a predator. Um, so just be careful around him. And I was like, I've already kissed him two months ago. But that's why I didn't do my social stalk. So the lesson, lesson is get their Instagrams and make them go on public so you can see who the fuck they are. And I was like, this is really strange. And then Christabel has seen him twice since then, just randomly around oh. Sydney, like going on her walk. And she's like, I saw him again. And I'm like, oh, that man, he never leaves. I'm not sure a social story about would a social so- stalk would, would have helped in that situation, App, because would he have on his Instagram, like, I'm a predator of Sydney. <laughs> <laughs> He's probably like I am a Polish doctor. <laughs> but do you, but the thing is, do you reckon? But maybe I could have found out that he wasn't a doctor, or maybe if he had no social media, I would go. Mm, yeah. <laughs> but 
you're, you know what, you're right. I don't think it would have been as blatantly obvious as like, I'm a, I, I sexually assault women. Like, I don't think that would have been no. a thing. But I mean, I just think at least I could have, oh God, yeah, you're right, actually. But I just didn't know who he was. I just randomly hooked up with him and then he was like, come stay at my house. And I was like, no, I'm depressed. I'm using you for validation. I don't want to actually sleep with you. You got this wrong, sir. You got yeah. this wrong. It was after The Bachelor and he was like, were you on that show? And I was like, see ya. And like, I was like, yeah, I wasn't that trash show according to Steph. Oh my God, no. <laughs> no, we're going to get off this call and Steph is going to kill me. So can we stay in it for longer? No, but seriously, she watches The Bachelor. That's okay. I do. Just not, that is the one no, that I do watch. <laughs> So now let's go into a little chitty chat about you girls and all the amazing things that you do. Um, like I said, it was so hard to choose a topic to speak to you about because you're both so multifaceted, both on social media, in your careers and in real life. And I think you inspire a lot of different people in different ways, which is so amazing. And that's why you have such a strong following. Um, and firstly, I just want to ask you guys, like, how are you doing in COVID-19? And we touched on it a bit before, Laura, but how do you guys feel about the notion of being productive during these really weird times, like not learning a new skill? How do you feel about it all? Yeah. So, I mean, we touched on it before, but I think we're going um, okay. I mean, we've had to make a lot of changes within the business, but um, we are going okay. And we're really lucky to be safe at home and to be able to work from home, which, which has been fantastic. I think with the whole productive thing, which I think is kind of a really big buzzword on social media at the moment. And there's obviously pressure to be productive, but then there's also pressure not to be. I think for me personally, I feel motivated and have energy um, and just are in, am in a really good mind and headspace when I am productive, mm-hmm. That, but that's me personally. And so I think it's important to check in with yourself. And it comes back to what we were talking about before. This is so different for everyone and there's no one size fits all approach. And so if you cope with this kind of thing and feel good by watching Netflix all day, watch every series under the sun. Like that is amazing. Go. But if that doesn't work for you, that's okay too. So it's okay if you do want to, it might be just, as you said before, getting up, doing a workout and knowing that you've done something for the day. It might be learning a language or whatever it is for you. I think just know, you just need to identify what, how you feel good. And that might be by being productive. It might not be. But hmm. I think it's different. Yeah, I totally everyone. agree with that there. And it's about not falling into the comparison trap and, you know, going off what we were saying earlier about judgment on one another. Um, as you mentioned, Laws, there has been so much over social media. Um, I mean, us included on like, you know, tips and tricks on how to stay, you know, motivated or productive. And then there's also been, you know, posts to help pick those who, you know, find it nicer to just chill out and, and, and do less. And that's fine. And I think it's, again, what works for you isn't going to work for everyone else. And you've just got to find what's um, bringing you joy in this time. And I think something that you've been doing really nicely, Laws, that has helped me a lot is reminding me to kind of focus on what I'm grateful for in this time and practice a bit more gratitude than I usually would. And I mean, for me personally, it's been like a roller coaster. I'm someone who loves my alone time, you know, loves taking it slow, loves the slower morning. So there is so much of this isolation time that I've actually enjoyed. But at the same time, there'll be days where I'm telling myself I'm fine. And I find that I'm like lying to myself because there's something actually niggling in the back of my mind. And it isn't until I kind of stop and I feel grateful for the space that I have, or, you know, grateful for the fact that I can still 
walk my dog to the park and and just have the, having the simple things and being more appreciative of the simple things has helped me kind of get through those tougher times. Um, and then those kind of moments have also helped me and motivated me, I suppose, to find what works for me and to find, you know, how I can be productive in this time that's going to suit me, yeah. you know. And I feel like that's such a good point on you kind of pretend that you're okay and you're trying to give into yourself, oh, it's fine, I just have nothing to do today. Or like, it's fine, like I'm getting things done. Mm. And Laura, I'm similar to you in that I practice self-care by trying to get things done because if I don't, I get more anxiety about things like building up behind me and it doesn't have to mm. be having a face mask in the bath or self-care. But if you want to do that, that's great as well. Um, mm. But I think I've been doing that a lot and didn't really realize until you just said it, Steph, in being like, everything's fine. But then I have moments where I'm like, I feel like I've wasted the last month, but it isn't, that isn't the, the case at all. But my anxiety is tricking me into being mm. like, well, you've been sitting at home for, for 24 days now. And it's like, yeah, but you also have like gotten through the past 24 days and it's all right. Everything's all right. Yeah. Well, the point is we're all surviving. And the most important thing to remember is that like you're just surviving and getting through this time and it's totally okay not to be okay. And it's totally okay to not think that, Hey, I'm, I'm doing really well through this period and I'm, I'm being super productive. Like it's okay to feel bad about mm -hmm. things because it's totally yeah, normal. It's like a once in a lifetime <laughs> period. Like it's so unprecedented. Like I was writing my advice column before mm. and I was like, mm. this is so specific to the, like this three month <laughs> gap. It's like, I don't like, I don't know when else we'll have to have these conversations about not feeling bad for sitting at home and feeling productive. And yeah, I find it really, really interesting. Um, so as I've said 5 million times in every different way, I respect you guys so much. And I'm naturally drawn to you both because you have such a clear dedication to business and self-care and self-love. And it's really clear that you both work really hard. Um, but I think there's something that we don't really talk about much as successful women, and that is imposter syndrome. And I just wanted to know if you guys ever suffer from that. And if you do, how do you deal with it? Because I think it's kind of a weird thing to talk about, but I think it is true for a lot of women who are successful. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's something that I go through every single day in my own mind. Um, but I've also found that you, you need to get that positive self-talk going, I suppose. But I think for, for women, and this is something, um, a book that I love, um, called lean in, it's something they speak about in that. And or the author speaks about in that. And what she says is that women, and it's true, we downplay our success because we're kind of taught or society makes us think that as women, you can't be liked and you can't be successful. They don't go together. I mean, when I introduce myself um, and I'm trying to work on this, I when I write anything down of what I do, usually if someone asks me, I'll just say I'm a student. And that's not what I do. Uh, you mean, that is a part of what I do, but it's not everything that I do. And that's because I'm worried that people are going to judge me because if I say my, my, you know, my job description and what I've accomplished in my life, that maybe they'll think that, oh, you're really up yourself or you're really full of yourself. You're overconfident. I don't like you. So I'm not going to like you. But that's, and I think that's what we've, we've just been, I suppose, made to believe that our success is something that isn't liked. And for that reason, I think as women, we often play down our successes because we want to be liked. It's something that, I don't know, every single, I feel like it, it always draws us back to that. You want to say things that make others like you, which is really sad because I think it, 
it is not the case at all. You can be successful and you can be liked. Um, and I think that's maybe where the imposter syndrome comes in because we downplay our success in our mind so much that then we start to believe it. And I think everyone, I, something I always think, think back to is like everyone is just a human. This might sound so silly, but a human with a job. So like Chris Hemsworth, you know, he's like the most amazing, well, I, I look up to him so much. He's awesome, you know, human that's an actor. Um, but he's a human that happens to be an actor or like Oprah, you know, is the mo one of the most inspirational women to me and she's, but she's still a human. And I think it's really important for, for me personally to always come back to that and to know also that some of the most successful people in the world suffer with imposter syndrome. And basically for me, it's sometimes I have some days where I would not be surprised if someone called me and said, Hey, Laura, you, um, this has actually been a dream. You were right. Your thoughts in your head, it's over now. And I know it sounds so silly to say that out loud, but I think it's something that so many of us go through and it's, it's so important to talk about it because I suppose it normalizes it a bit more. Yeah. I mean, Laura's, you kind of hit the nail on the head there. And I think, I think I go, I ebb and flow with it for myself personally, I grew up uh, with really supportive parents and my dad was always this really loud and confident person that kind of always um, wanted us to feel that same confidence and, you know, be proud of our achievements and um, be proud of ourselves and only ever be ourselves. And so I kind of, there's some days where I'm so loud about my achievements and I'm proud to tell anybody. And then there's other times that I'm, you know, like Lawsy says, I, I think of like how someone might judge me um, for coming across that way. And, you know, maybe it's because back in the day when I used to kind of wish of being modeling, like high school times, or when I did become a model, you know, if someone asked me what I did for so long, I wouldn't tell them that I was in the modeling industry because I did actually get that judgment. So whilst, as you said, Laws, a lot of the time it's in our own head, there is also a part the society needs to play where they need to stop judging one another on, you know, different career paths or um, whatever someone's into, you know, to quit that judgment. Because if I came out and proud and I was proud to be a model at that time and that's all I was doing, like, don't then give me judgment for that or make me feel like I'm not doing enough because in my mind it's feeding my soul and I was happy doing it. So I think that's something that, you know, whilst um, a lot of, you know, self-doubt and everything is in our own minds, society does need to kind of quit the judgment on a few things as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's a, a big thing in Australia with mm -hmm. tall poppy syndrome. Mm -hmm. Like I'm sure you guys both, um, you know, get sometimes some flack and it, it's kind of pretty obvious that it comes from jealousy or people thinking that you don't deserve all the things and I guess not also seeing that you are people with, you know, positives in your life and negative in your life and it's just people don't seem to understand that, like, you are allowed to be proud of your achievements mm. and it doesn't make you a mean or bad person because you're confident and happy with yourself. And it's also really interesting. I was talking to someone the other day mm. and he was like, we just like stopped and he was like, how funny was it that you were on The Bachelor? And I was like, I know, it's weird, eh? And like, and he was like, it's so weird how things, when you do things in your life, you just like, you, you think, you think people that do the things that you want to do are these like different beings. And like, I'm sure like Steph, people are like, imagine having 1.5 million Instagram <laughs> followers. And then you being there, you're like, 
okay. I'm, I'm literally <laughs> the exact same. And it kind of, it helps you, but also hinders you because you're like, oh, why does everyone like, I've had girls cry when they've met me and I'm like, what? Hmm. I'm like, all that I did was get dumped in Africa. <laughs> like, I'm like, I'm really sure what's going on. And it's like so sweet. And I, but I find it really hard to take in hmm. and like, I think it's because when you do things, once they're done and in the rear of your mirror, you're like, oh, well, that was just a thing that I did. That isn't who I am. And I think maybe as we need to work on joining mm. those two things because your successes are who you are. Hmm. Like, like in a way that you should be very proud of yourself for succeeding in that way, but also realise that like they aren't just a thing that you did. They're something that you created. Mm. You know, girls? Nice. I think, yeah, and I think that's imposter syndrome, mm. like, summed up. Like, that's how I explain it. You think that, hang on, that's what I, I'm not, you know, I might be this successful and that's something I, you know, I, I've always dreamed of growing up. But when you get there, you're like, oh, no, but I am not what I pictured a successful person to be, so that's not me. And then you set, like, a new milestone or something new for yourself because you can't imagine yourself yes. as being successful. Um, and I, I think that's something that's just in our head. And, and especially I think as women, because we, we mm-hmm. always downplay it yeah. and we're so used and it's to on doing every that. level as well. It's like when I finished uni and I got my first job in property, I was like, well, I had a job for a while, but after I had my degree, I was like, when I get my degree, everything's going to be better. And I'm going to be that person with a degree. And I got my degree and I was like, and it's still the exact same. <laughs> uh, I still have insecurities about the same things. I still don't feel like I'm good enough to be here. And now even um, like you were saying, Steph, with if people ask me what I do for work, I'll be like, I'm only now in the past like month being like, yeah, like my majority of my income is Instagram. Mm. And people, a lot of people will be like, why don't you get a real job? And it's like, well, like I'm earning, I'm earning enough money to survive. And that's all that matters to me. I'm doing something that I enjoy. I have time and, uh, you know, enough money to do things like this podcast that I mm. like doing and writing my column. And while the things that I love doing may not be the main source of my income, Prior to this, I was working nine to five that I would come home every day crying. Mm. So isn't that not a real job? Like something that I hated doing? What's a real job? A job is what someone will pay you to do. Totally, totally. And I think something that, Laws, you've said to a lot of our community before, um, especially when we do meet and greets and stuff, if we ever ask one of the girls, you know, what what are they doing? or what, And they just say, oh, I'm just working at like Baker's Delight or whatever. And and Laura kind of gets them to focus on the word just. And it's like you know, we, you should be grateful for the fact that you can work there or, or like, that's really cool. You're going to learn a lot there. And whether mm-hmm. it's a stepping stone you're in or it's your career for the rest of your life, that's your business. And that's totally up to you. And I just think that, you know, someone could work happily at Coles for the rest of their life because it fuels them in the way it needs to do. And whatever they do outside of it probably does the same. And I just mm-hmm. think that again, we just need to stop judging each other on, on our choices and how we live our lives. Absolutely. Wow. So wise. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That wasn't facetious, by the way. That was serious. Um, Sometimes my voice, my tone of voice is like, is she being a bitch? Um, Okay. Uh, Like along the same uh, line of thought, both of you have been in the public eye at such a high level for a really long time now, I guess. Mm -hmm. And I've been doing it on a much smaller scale for only a few months. And like, I feel pressure, but I've got like one tenth of the people looking at me as you do, Steph and half people looking at me as you do, Laura. And 
um, a question that came up a lot when I asked in the podcast group was whether you think that your high functioning, multifaceted and very public lives are sustainable. Um, and how do you stay grounded and maintain a healthy life on and off social media? Mm, I loved that question. I thought it was really, it was really nice that they wanted to to know about that. And I think for me um, personally, I mean, I've had Instagram for about eight years now, and it's been a really slow, steady growth. So I've kind of gotten over, uh, not over it. I've been used to it over the years. So it's not been something that happened. Um, you know, Abs, you, you were speaking to us the other week about how it kind of happened so quickly for you. And it's been a lot to deal with in such a short time. And I can only imagine for me, it was a little bit more gradual. And I honestly, at the very start, I didn't really take it seriously. I didn't really ever think like that number is actual people. You know, it wasn't until I went to New York and I um, bumped into someone that was there on holiday from Russia and they knew who I was. And I was like, what? Like, (laughs) that's not, that's not right. And then I think it started to, you know, make a little bit more sense to me and made me realize that, okay, this, this number is real people. It's a big responsibility you've got. And that's when I really kind of changed gears with, you know, what I was putting out there. And when it comes to the word sustainable, I think, the end of the day, I love what I do, everything that I do. Um, and so I think for as long as I'm still enjoying things, then yes, it's sustainable for my, for me, but I have had to make quite a few changes. You know, I think it was probably just over a year ago, um, the kind of lifestyle I was living at that point wouldn't have been sustainable for very long. And I'm glad I worked that out. Um, I was doing quite a lot still outside of kick. And I mean, we're so fortunate to um, what Kick has grown to, and it's it's so exciting getting to work on it every single day. Um, but I was still saying yes to too much outside of it, and and I think you know sticking my finger in way too many pies. And I just I just got so excited about everything that I you know kind of lost. No, I didn't lose priorities, but I just was working myself way too hard and doing too much. And so then I was saying no to more like family things or friendship things or just general downtime, like being by myself. And what I really learned over that period is alone time and slower things and just having like the time on certain things is really important for my productivity. And um, so I did have to change my lifestyle around a little bit. So I suppose nowadays yeah I think what we do is sustainable and I think when as you're saying before when sometimes you're feeling that not shame but you know you when you stop to tell someone that you're you work through Instagram and that's where you you get most of your income from whilst you might feel judgment from that person you know and as I said earlier you could be doing it for the rest of your life we have no idea what's going to happen with Instagram or social media whether it's going to change what's going to happen but for now it's working for you it's opening a lot of doors for you it's giving you an opportunity to have a voice to start a podcast you know do all these things so it's certainly not something to be ashamed of um and I think when it comes to sustainable, it's like, well, yeah, if you can continue to find joy and productivity in anything that you're doing, then that's sustainable. Laura, how about you? Because you're also studying law, aren't you? Yes. So you've got all these all these things and then you're also doing a law degree. Like what? Like, <laughs> like how? How, how do you, um, I guess, prioritise and juggle it all and also stay sane? Well, I'm my, I mean, I'm in my last year of uni, my 10th year, so it's taken me a long time. I haven't done it. I'm not um, doing four subjects at once. I do two at the moment. Uh, this is my last year. I've got three subjects to go, which is so exciting. And I have to say, like, oh God, the best absolutely, there are times when, you know, last week I had to record a group assignment over Zoom with six people and that was just that I'd never met and that was frustrating. But 
you know, as all uni group assignments never get easier, no matter what. <laughs> No oh my god actual nightmare like actually the worst I was gonna do my master's in finance when I finished my degree and I was like but the thought of a group assignment I was like I need a year off at least of group assignments yeah they're still the same they haven't changed um, but I think I think for me um I, I manage it I I really enjoy studying and it's funny I've had to change my perspective on things and that's what's really helped me and it's funny it always comes back to the same thing which is gratitude and when I finished uni and I went straight into um sorry high school I went straight into uni I didn't appreciate my education I thought I was going there because I had to because I wanted to show my parents that I could do this degree and um you know become a lawyer not because I wanted to be there and now because kick has become obviously um our full-time job my uni has become almost like a hobby as sad as as sad as that sounds um and so I it's a bit daggy um but it means now that when I'm in class I'm like one of those mature age students that's asking all the questions because I'm like if I'm going to come here and be here I want to learn and learning is empowering and I actually I love the feeling because I think that I maybe when I was two years ago I actually probably thought I knew everything and now I I know I don't know anything and I have got so Mm. much more to learn (laughs) and so I really I love the opportunity that I have that opportunity to learn and I just balance it in the night and on the weekend and stuff it's fine because I enjoy it and I can look at it as how lucky in Australia we are to have an education like to you know I've got a big hex step but that's fine because I don't have to pay it up front we're just we are so lucky so I I try to look at it like that Mm -hmm. yeah I was the same with uni so I did psychology for a year when I got out of school and it was the same thing I was like well I have to do something and I'm going to choose the one that's the hardest that I can do for my OP just to prove something to myself and to everyone and I was working full-time and doing full-time psych and then I was like this is not okay. And then I changed to property economics and I was similar to you. I got a full-time job. And then in, after that, which was in, in property, uni was like a hobby and it was like fun to get assignments done. And I was also that mature age student. I was like, when are we going to start the assignment, everyone? <laughs> like, I was like so excited. And I would like go to, um, I would like go to exams and be like, yes, but it was about, um, yeah, actually being there, think switching our mindset of being there to learn not to just get the degree and not being like fuck I have to get this to get my job because realistically I could have quit uni and kept my job that I had because I already had it and it wasn't an internship it was a full-time job and now I'm thinking going back to psych because I'm like well I can I I want to do it and I've been thinking about doing it and I probably won't do it let's be honest I'll do a sex coaching <laughs> instead because it's easier but like I'm like you know what I could do it if I wanted to but I don't really want to enough yet so I'm not going to force myself to go back and like hate it like one of my best friends has a degree in psych and she wants to get her master's and she recently got let go from her job because of corona and um I called her afterwards and she was like I'm really upset but like maybe now I can do my master's and learn. And while I won't have enough money, like I've been putting it off for so long because I've just been acting as though it's like an annoying thing I have to do. But now that I have some time, I'm like, this is actually beneficial to me for mental health during this like ridiculous, ridiculous time. And also beneficial for her in the long run to get out of that job that she actually did not like mm. that much. Mm. So it's nice to have a bit of, yeah, a bit of, um, perception shift mm. is that a good is that a good way to describe it mm. who knows who knows um uh, uh, okay so when it comes to being so public 
Um, do you guys ever feel pressure to present a certain way because of your quote unquote wholesome brand and a huge part of your audience being younger? Um, and do you feel pressure to work out and be healthy and be positive and be happy, happy, happy? Um, even though you guys do post real things emotionally, but do you feel pressure to do, to live up to, I guess, your brand because of younger people are watching and listening to your stuff and admiring you both? Um, I think, yeah. (laughs) Um, Sorry, that was the whole point of the question. No, no, no. (laughs) I, I don't know if pressure would be the right word to describe the feeling. I think we're just both so grateful that we, um, I suppose, have the reach and the influence that we do. And we do take that responsibility really seriously. So it's not so much a pressure, it's more just a sense of responsibility. Um, and in saying that, uh, so that, so that means obviously there's going to be things we don't post because we're mindful of younger eyes, but in saying that we are still both very much ourselves. You know, I think if you scroll back on either of our, um, feeds to years ago, it's very consistent in what we were posting because we've always just kind of been ourselves. You know, we didn't grow our social media as like a, I'm trying to use something as an example, like a a foodie, you know, only posting food. And then all of a sudden we're showing something else that might not be appropriate to our audience. We've always had that kind of broader audience because we've been so ourselves and shown every part of our life and, and all that sort of stuff. So whilst we definitely have that responsibility in mind and we do look at things and think about things before we post them, um, there's still not a pressure where we can't still just be ourselves and have a bit of fun. You know, like I'll still go on my stories and I might have had a few wines and I'll be dancing to a song and it might be a little bit embarrassing. And We've all been there, babe. We've all been there. <laughs> you know, might not be completely PG, but it's it's me. So it's it's kind of, it's a borderline fine, you know? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I think that question sounds a bit loaded in that I don't think you guys are being authentic. I think you guys are so authentic. <laughs> um, and I think it really comes across in your content that it is just sort of like, what you want to post. And I think that's why you guys are so successful as influencers <laughs> because, um, because people are like, oh, this is just like Steph and Laura's feed that would have been the same if they had like a thousand followers. Yeah. So Laura, how do you feel No, absolutely. That, I, I agree. I think the, the best thing about what we do is, as Steph said, we, we started by sharing our lives. We're, you know, very normal and we just share normal things. And I think what I find that I post things from, I try to post things from my heart. I can't just post something. Like I couldn't write a post about gratitude if I wasn't feeling it. It just doesn't. I can't do it. And I think sometimes... I put a lot of pressure on myself because I try and be really positive for people, which I, I love being that because it makes me happy and I like feed off other people's happiness. But I think that is why for a very long time I couldn't face the fact that I had anxiety properly because I was so embarrassed mm-hmm. by it because I used to think that, hang on, I'm meant to be this positive role model and I'm meant to make people happy and I have mental health issues. So what's wrong with me? You know, I don't want anyone to know because then how, how, why would they ever look to me for Mm. inspiration or listen to me because I'm flawed. And I think it's really important for me. What's really made me like, I've learned that anxiety, you know, it's not a flaw. It means that I, I mean, when you have it, as you know, you feel things more and you, but that's okay. I think it just sometimes might mean we care a lot and that's fine too. And you can't always have days that are 
positive and everyone like I mean even hormonally with our periods because of being women our hormones go crazy during the month and some (laughs) days no matter what you do you might wake up do a meditation do a workout speak to someone who loves you and you still feel really bad and that's okay (laughs) and I think it's important to remember that that we are human and no one is positive every single day and that's okay so I've kind of tried to come to terms with that and that helps me a lot yeah and it's been nice because when you do show that raw side or something that you are going through, the support you get and, and it just, I think it just reminds you that it's its not a negative thing to share because you are helping somebody along the way. Um, so I think that it has only let us kind of shine even more being ourselves through and showing those, um, I suppose, I suppose more raw moments because it, it will be helping someone, even if it's just a few people, It's it's worth sharing that part. Yeah, absolutely. People feel like it's kind of that thing again of like cracking the facade of, well, you know, she has just been following Instagram, so her life is perfect. And mm. it's like, no, like everyone's pretty much the same. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like every human is pretty much the same. And I think you guys do a really good job at showing that. And I just love your feeds. Um, <laughs> oh, my God. Also, Laura, speaking of your feeds, that outfit the other day, was it yesterday that you posted oh. an outfit? This would be like, oh, Jackie Onassis, <laughs> yes. where is she? Jessica, I know. And she was like, it's Jackie. <laughs> and I, and I was going to say, I was going to say Jackie O, but then I thought we might think that I meant like Kyle and Jackie O, so I had to call <laughs> Jackie Kennedy because I was like, <laughs> like, you don't like Jackie O, like even though bless her heart, but like that wasn't the vibe I think that I was getting. Um, so we have some questions from our listeners and, um, I asked in the podcast group, what they wanted to ask you guys. And there was a lot of, um, different things. Um, and the first question is, I think a goodie. Um, I'd like to know how Laura and Steph moderate their Facebook group and engage with their community, given the sensitivities of the younger community regarding diet, culture and eating disorders. I've been impressed by the way they respond to girls in the group who feel guilty about binging or skipping a workout, etc. And I'd love to know how they navigate that and whether they see it as a responsibility they have to their followers to push back against harmful body image slash diet messaging. Oh, me. Okay. <laughs> So firstly, um, thank you so much to your listener for, I suppose, acknowledging that. It's really, really kind. I think the community, it's, I suppose, where Keep It Cleaner really started for us with that connection with the community. And for us, Keep It Cleaner, really, we wanted it to start it to be kind of like our, the women in our community's big sister in some way and be a support there for them. Mm. Um, because we have, we have been doing it since we were were a little bit younger. And when we started it, we were about 22. So at that stage, a lot of the women in our community were maybe around 17, 18, and it might've been a time when they weren't listening to their mom or their parents. Um, and they were listening to us because they kind of thought we were coolish in some way, you know, we're a little bit daggy, (laughs) but also, you know, maybe a tiny bit cooler (laughs) cooler than what, um, you know, their parents are telling them or whoever their guardian is. And so the community has always been something that we cherish and we try and look after obviously every single day as much as we can. And so we find it really important. We're in there all the time. We're proactive in it, but we also don't take it lightly. And we, it's very, very, I suppose, serious in there. And we make sure that um, we've got people that are an amazing team who helps us kind of deliver a consistent approach in there at all times mm. and making sure there's always a really high care level because it's really important. There are over 30,000 people in there now. 
um, which is which is great, but it is a lot to moderate, but we don't take it lightly. We have a whole customer mm. care team. Um, we take it really, really seriously um, because there are so many, so as I said, so many people in there. So, we, yeah, we definitely don't take it lightly, it's, but it is really, really important to us and make sure to make sure that the community always has that feeling where uh, people can ask questions and they feel like it's a safe place um, and they'll get an answer, I suppose, a safe answer as well. I think what's the coolest part about it is that our community, um, you know, as much as we moderate it and have a team that watches it so closely, very rarely do we have to delete um, anything. You know, we have obviously guidelines of no bullying and everything, you know, like it's a safe place and we want it to stay that way. But I don't think we've really ever had to delete anything that was any type of bullying. And it makes us so proud that the people in our community are so... I suppose, supportive of one another. It's really beautiful to see them being so supportive on anything, you know, whether someone asks um, about an issue with their partner or um, if it is about exercise or whatever, the girls are so quick to then jump on and then support one another. It's it's quite beautiful. You know, Laura and I do still check in um, often and, and say hello or like encourage girls along the way. And it's, and it's so nice. And it's probably whenever I'm feeling a little down about something or maybe lacking motivation, it's my favorite place to go to get those kind of warm and fuzzy feelings because they are such a beautiful community, the way they support one another. And, um, you know, hats off to them really for, for being the kind of people that they are. We're very, very proud of it. Yeah. I, oh, I'm in that group actually. So I <laughs> see, I see, um, all of the interactions that the, the, you know, people in there have and that you guys sometimes have with um, the group and it is a really supportive environment and for a, like a, a, a health and fitness, a wellbeing app and community, it isn't, I've never seen a post in there that I've thought was um, uh, like toxic diet culture and you guys don't control what's posted but I, I think the whole mindset that you guys have really nurtured is that it's about being healthier and um you know being okay if you skip a workout or mm. if you want to eat something a little bit um with you know with quote unquote naughty even though I use that using those words mm-hmm. like you have all these recipes that are of like I think you guys I saw one this morning Laura it was like chocolate coconut fudge or something and there's like food that you can really, really enjoy just for the fact that it's food, mm. not because it's healthy. Mm. Um, but it's also great for people who, you know, like I feel really ill. Like, for example, I had a huge brownie before we started talking and I feel really <laughs> ill. I don't feel guilty, but I'm like, I feel physically ill. Probably should have made some of Laura's fudge. Instead. <laughs> it's all about balance. So it's good. Oh, it's all about balance, girls. You know, I went for my run this morning. It's okay. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I think it's really, really good to see you guys because I think there's a lot of, um, you know, a diet uh, pages that I follow that are, you know, about clean eating. And while it is keep it cleaner, it's cleaner. Mm. You mm. know, we're still enjoying food and there's so many things that I love to, um, you know, eat that you guys make or I get inspired to try and find recipes that are similar to what you guys do. Mm. And I also really love your protein balls in mint, just a side note. (laughs) (laughs) I used to, this is twisted. I used to eat like four days to sit at my desk and be like, it's time for another ball. Like my friends would be like, can you just stop? You're not even working out. I'm like, it's healthy because it's a protein ball. Leave me alone. It's like a mint slice. Um, Okay. Let me do. Okay. Now the final question from 
the listeners is what is the biggest misconception about your business and what do you wish people could understand? Uh, I would say probably the biggest misconception is that uh, Laws and I are just the face of the business, um, which, uh, you know what, it's, I think we're both used to being kind of underestimated or put in a, a certain box, I suppose. Um, and I think we've come to terms that with it, that we don't mind. <laughs> we, you know, we have a beautiful team, um, that works really, really hard for us and that, you know, we all work together really well. Laws and I, um, constantly, you know, uh, checking in with each other and reminding each other that we're doing well and, and we're going okay and celebrating every little win. And yeah. we know how hard we work. And I think that's just, you know, at the end of the day, that's what matters. Um, and so I suppose whilst there is misconceptions out there, um, and judgments, it, it, we don't let it bother us too much anymore because we are sure of what we're doing. We're really proud of what we're doing. Um, and we have an awesome team that's, that's working yeah. hard with us. And it's, I don't know, it's just, there's misconceptions out there, but they can, they can be out there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, there were a few uh, comments on the post saying, mm. wanting to know what you guys actually do in your mm -hmm. business. So I'm glad you answered that because I just assumed that you guys did everything because it's your business. But I think this comes back to the tall poppy thing of like, well, they're pretty and they were models. So what can they possibly do in their business? And it's like, well, um, a lot, like, yeah. like everything, it's your baby. Like it's very, it's very clear to me anyway, someone who has the app that it is all you guys. And it's yeah. obviously you have help from your team and you have trainers and, you know, yoga teachers that I know her face off by heart because I have so many of these <laughs> yoga things. But um, I think that, again, is just assuming that because you guys are physically gorge <laughs> and you have all these Instagram followers that it's like, well, they must not be able to run a business. Mm. And I think that internalised misogyny that I was a bit irritated with people asking I think me. that's okay. Yeah, and I just think. I think, I yeah, think it's, uh, it you is. know, as much as it's hard to read that stuff and, you know, sometimes you just want to scream like, hey, there's so many things that we do. <laughs> like, I mean, Steph and I have different roles in the business, but like my personal role is more of the legal and financial side. And, you know, that's got nothing to do with social media. And Steph and I are also never going to sit down, put our camera on record and, you know, I'm not going to be like, so I'm doing the profit and loss statement. Like, I, you know, that's not something that's going to go onto social yeah. media. <laughs> really excited. Yeah. I, I just think it's really important that before we make judgments like that, because I think it's very easy to make judgments like that um, and it's no one's fault for making them. It's okay. I think it's just really important that we make, um, I suppose we, we get some knowledge before we make those judgments because they're very easy mm -hmm. to make. And I think it's okay to make statements as long as we've, we've checked things and we're kind of empowered with knowledge before we make them, I suppose. And one other thing that um, we were speaking to Michelle Battersby, who um, is our amazing CMO, uh, about this. We, we speak about this quite a lot because it's, it's quite a, I suppose, a misconception that comes up about us all the time. And she made a statement to us that we loved. And it was that if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room in your team because mm -hmm. that's why we have a team. Mm. Um, we have people mm. that, you yeah. know, are amazing at what they do and they have their own role and that's awesome. And so that's really important to us and it's all right. I feel like proving people wrong is fine as well. <laughs> that's, you know, that's the best thing about misconceptions. So. 
Absolutely, yeah. And it's it's okay to ask the question, like obviously I put it out there being like what questions do you have? Mm. Um, but I think that it does come with an assumption that you guys don't um, don't have a hands-on role. But you're right, why would I ever watch like a live video of like Laura sitting there doing like the profit and loss? <laughs> like, babe, sorry, love you, but not going to watch it. So I'm so sorry, sweetie, but unfortunately that isn't the content that I would like to digest. Um, finally, the last question that I had for you guys is, what advice do you have for women starting their own business or even just looking to excel in their chosen career field? And what advice do you wish that you had when you started out? This is such a good question. There's so much. Okay. So I think for starting your own business, it comes back to what I suppose, I don't think I got to my point before when I was talking about imposter syndrome, but what women do (laughs) is that we, as we downplay our success, and I think we don't have the confidence to go for jobs if we don't have every single skill set because we're not, I don't know, we just don't mm. feel like we are worthy to do that. But I think what's so important to remember that I think the statistic is that if there's 10 um, criteria of a job, if a man can do 45% or 4.5 of those points, he'll go for the job. Whereas a woman, she needs to be able to do 85% at least of that criteria to apply, to think that she's worthy. And we need to stop that. Mm. You know, there's so many, that in so many roles, you can get into it and you can and learn on the job and often companies will hire not just because you tick every box in the skill set that's not you obviously there's obviously you need to have the skills but there's so many other things that can make you hireable and I think that's really important no one starts a job or starts a business knowing everything I mean Steph and I when we launched our first ebook we didn't have a copywriter and that was a really, you know, that's, that's a, that, it wasn't perfect, but we made it work it was a learning curve. Yeah, and we gave it a go. And I think that's the most important thing. I think it, it's such a common quote that people always say, but not trying is worse than trying because every single time that you try, you, you might go to 10 job interviews or try and start your business 10 times and you might get rejected, but you'll learn from every single one of those rejections. And then you're going to be more empowered with knowledge for the next one. When you go into your next experience, I think that, that, yeah, that's really important just to trust yourself. Yeah. And the worst to happen is that you'll be back in the same position that you were in. So it's always about giving it a go. And I suppose the other thing that we like to say is to make sure that you have genuine passion for whatever it is. You know, if you're starting a business, um, it's not all sunshine and rainbows. There's a lot of hard work that goes into it. And if you're not passionate about it, I suppose those uh, speed humps will become roadblocks because you'll lose interest. Um, so you have to be genuinely interested and, and want to do it because it's something that you're passionate about, not just because you think it's going to make you money. You know, you should never really start something with that, with that insight. And, um, that's something that I like to put out there, I think. Yeah. It makes it easier to, it's so cliche, but it's like, if you do what you love, you won't work a day in your life. <laughs> it's like, kind of will, but, um, like with, with my previous career before all this, like in property, I said, like, I, I literally was sit at work and every single hour I'd be like, I cannot stand this, like the people, the actual work. And it made everything so much harder, even mm. though the content of what I was doing, I'm doing much more I'm spending much more time working now. I'm putting much more effort into this, but it doesn't feel anywhere near as um, debilitating or stressful. It doesn't make me depressed uh, <laughs> because I enjoy it to a certain level. At mm. least you don't have to be like, I'm obsessed with this thing, but you have to have some sort of passion from somewhere. And it's very clear that you two both have 
are very passionate about what you do. And I am so grateful you guys came on the podcast. Oh, thanks. I love thanks, you both. Sam. I think you're both so great. And um, is there anything else you want to say? Anything else? Do you want to plug anything? If you guys don't know her, her name is Steph Claire Smith and Lauren. Would <laughs> 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 you guys follow them? They've got really small Instagram <laughs> They've got this small little thing called Keep It Cleaner. Um, is there anything you want to talk? Oh, your, your podcast. Your podcast is amazing. Oh, um, well, yeah, I mean, to plug, go listen to the chat with you because I, I loved that chat, Abs. Getting to know you on a, a stronger level, I think, um, by doing that chat with you was was really awesome. Um, and I think if I'm going to add anything, it's really just to congratulate you on, on everything that you've done and how you've dealt with everything that's been going on since the show and how you've what you do with your your own following and, and that kind of stuff that you put out there, the content you put out there and what you stand for is really inspiring. So thank you. Yeah, we love it. It is really awkward to get that, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Me, I might get over it, girls. I'm just like this at the mic. Like, it's true. Thank you, Steph. Thank you, Laura. <laughs> well, thanks for coming on, gals. I think as soon as COVID is done, I need to come down and have a wine with you guys because I just think you're so great. We can have so many laughs and um, finally get to meet in person and give each other a cuddle because uh. I'm like, I feel like I know you, but we've never met. It's yeah, all Yeah, sounds good. Sounds good. <laughs> Amazing. Thank you, girl.